and my sidekick, Lydia Serrani. Yes. And uh, tell us about the show. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Tell, tell us about uh, the show today. The show today, we've got a great show. We just spoke with Nigel Farage, and you can hear more of that, the entire interview, if you miss it, on WABCradio.com. Next, we'll be speaking with Jonathan Wachtel. He is an acclaimed journalist. He served as director of communications and spokesperson for the U.S. mission to the United Nations, spent many, many years in Moscow. He's an expert there. Then, of course, Larry Kudlow, because it's TGIF Friday, Professor Alan Dershowitz, and Dr. Peter Miklos. There's definitely some big news on the COVID front that you don't want to miss. And we're having a Russian uh, call oh, that's in correct. today. Uh, Kato Hetchinoff, and he lives in... He's going to give us the pulse of what's going on in, in, in Moscow. Correct. He is the head of the Russian Heritage Foundation. But first, we have our first guest on the line, Jonathan Wachtel, and you help set up the Moscow Bureau, correct? And you're a journalist, and you know everything that's going on in Ukraine. Tell us, what is the latest? Hi, hi there. Um, sorry, someone was knocking on my front door. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it's not the Russian forces. <laughs> not um, yet. So, it's the KGB. Uh, not yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, well, what's happening is Vladimir Putin is trying to uh, figure out which of his aspirations he's going to be able to achieve uh, in the most expedient way. So he's invaded Ukraine, uh, felt that it was the right thing to do from his perspective, because the outcome can lead to a, a number of, um, well, there can be a number of outcomes to making a move like this that uh, fit with his long-term goals. Among them, try to uh, reestablish the former Soviet Union as much as he possibly can get away with. And he's going to try to navigate that to try to figure out how far he can take things, if that means that he's he will completely occupy Ukraine and hold on to it and try to annex it en masse, or whether he'll establish a relationship within the Ukraine in which he'll get rid of President Zelensky, who is a Ukrainian uh, patriot, get rid of him, put in another person like Yanukovych, who was uh, the pro-Kremlin leader of the Ukraine, who was ousted in a national movement by Ukrainians, uh, try to get a puppet regime back into Kiev, and then pull the forces out once he's established that type of relationship, which would be kind of similar to what we see with the relationship with Belarus, with uh, the dictator Lukashenko in power there. Or um, he may decide to withdraw a bit because the economic pressures that are going to come to bear and some of the other considerations, including perhaps a popular uprising within Russia itself, because a lot of Russians are decent people and uh, very upset about what's happening. And if they have the ability, they would be uh, protesting in larger numbers than what we saw that, that got crushed uh, the other day. Um, he may feel that the most expedient thing is to try to get some concessions from the West, uh, from the Ukrainian leadership itself, to allow him not to have this unfortunate thing from his perspective to be judged for having seized Crimea and for having seized the Donbass and Luhansk regions of eastern Ukraine to sort of stop there and maybe get a nod that there won't be NATO expansion into Ukraine. There are a variety of outcomes, all of which are wins for Putin. And, uh, you know, nobody really thought that Putin was going to go in, but he's been saying that all he wants is guarantees that NATO is not going to put missiles in there, and I don't blame him for that. I'm not asking that. 
and, and the fact that uh, it's not going to become a NATO country. And uh, uh, what do you think about that? It's understandable if you have aspirations to reconstitute the Soviet Union. The last thing you want is to have a nuisance like NATO standing in your way. And not just standing in your way, having done things that kind of spoil your, your aspiration. Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia are NATO members. Those are former Soviet republics uh, in the Baltics region uh, of Europe. And Putin can't put his hands on those because if he does, the NATO motto is one nation that gets attacked. You're, it's as if you're attacking the entire alliance. So he knows he can't do anything about that. Uh, and, yeah, he's upset that he doesn't have that ability. And he's upset that there's talk of the Ukraine going in that direction and that the Ukrainians have been trying for well over a decade, actually, since their independence in 91. There is talk. of. So this is a a big giant chess game. Uh, China has given Putin permission uh, to uh, to do whatever negotiating he wants to do. It it sounds like the. uh, Putin is the what the, the junior partner of China, <laughs> right? And then after, I'm sure Putin was watching. The world was watching and laughing at us at what happens in Afghanistan, and they are seeing Biden. He doesn't seem to be all there. And I think Putin was just like, it's either now or never. If I'm going to fulfill my legacy and, and well, take over. And then the other thing I, I've been told: if we put in defensive weapons for the Ukraine, and Putin takes it over, well. Just like China has Afghanistan's uh, defensive weapons and offensive weapons, Russia will have defensive and offensive weapons of the United States <laughs> back to Moscow. We could ship it directly to Moscow and avoid the— yeah, but I think uh, we should give them the weapons to defend themselves. That, to me, was the biggest criticism of the Biden administration, uh, the Obama administration. Yeah, but, but here's the problem, yeah, but, Peter. Unlike the, unlike the Afghans, I, 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 agree I the Ukrainians you. are going to fight. The I Afghans agree with ran. you 110 <clears> percent, <throat> but—, but we're, we're not prepared to back them up. Well, here, guys, here's the, here's the situation. And you know what? Let's call a spade a spade. All of our presidents, and I'm talking about American presidents, for the last several, did not stand up to Putin the way that it needed to happen. Even under President Trump, we saw that there was still fighting going on in eastern Ukraine. There was still a Ukrainian army uh, uh, soldiers dying in battle. There is still shelling of civilian targets in that area. This has been going on, and there needed to be a containment done by any number of our presidents over the last three years to really hold the line. And this isn't just about Russia and reconstituting the Soviet Union. This is much bigger, because if Ukraine falls to the sway of Vladimir Putin, it means that an axis with China gets empowered by that. It's it's really back to the world domination game that we saw in the days of the worst of the Cold War. And we're not there now. I don't want to raise alarm bells, but this is really an important battle going on, uh, both on the ground but ideologically. And it doesn't show enough backbone. And the Europeans, our Western allies, don't show enough backbone right now we're going to be in a hill of pain. It's just very serious. And even the talk of sanctions, and sanctions, we have no choice but to impose sanctions. We have to. In fact, there are chances that Putin wouldn't have had the courage, um, not that he's a fearful man, but he would have 
he maybe wouldn't have taken the strategic move that he's done now had the Nord Stream thing been taken off 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 the table. Had but, but, the top but, sanctions been imposed, he would have thought twice about it because he would have been facing pressures. The truth is, though, that he has an escape valve from any sanctions because of his wonderful relationship with China and Iran and Venezuela and Cuba and North Korea and a and, bunch and of other Germany nations. and Turkey. Which is why we have to stand up to him. The longer he's allowed to do this. The problem, Germany is in the same bed with them. They're getting almost 50% of their energy from from, from, from Which is why we have to reactivate the pipeline and we have to start drilling again. Otherwise, we might as well surrender now. I mean, if we're going to say... And Turkey hasn't been loyal to us uh, for a long time. So uh, Turkey is not. Yeah, uh, Turkey is not. Germany, Germany, an interesting thing with Germany is uh, Chancellor Schroeder who was the Social Democrat um, uh, Chancellor of Germany, uh, stepped down uh, after he uh, was left office and then became uh, a Gazprom, you know, the Russian uh, uh, fossil fuel energy monstrosity that Vladimir Putin ended up using to enrich himself. He's been a member of Gazprom, and there's now talk within that party, within the Social Democratic Party of, of Germany, to strip Schroeder uh, of his membership because they understand that what he did was treacherous, uh, that he, in fact, is a traitor to the German people, if you really look at it that way. Bottom line, uh, they're, they're lying. Yes, you're right. And then I'm watching Hillary Clinton, of course, never let a good controversy go to waste. She's slamming Trump. How are they able to kind of configure all of this narrative and blame Trump. But thank you so much, uh, Jonathan Wachtel, for your insight and your analysis. And we look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Jonathan. You as well. Let's let's hope for the best. Yes. Thank you. Now, I understand uh, Governor uh, uh, Patterson. Uh, we had an interesting discussion yesterday. And you got a phone uh, call last night. People yelling at you. Well, I got a call from uh, one of the major staff members to one of the conferences in Albany. And the assertion is that bail reform is being blamed for more than what problems bail reform might actually cause. So, for instance, the crime rate being up in all the major cities around the country right now, they all have stricter bail laws. So clearly, um, you know, that's probably true. But uh, what I asked them to do is to – What did they say you did wrong? Uh, Speak the truth? Well – That's it. I, I actually didn't even comment on the bail reform last night as much as I just said that if they didn't want to talk to Mayor Adams now, they probably will be dying to talk to him next year because it's an issue that affected the 2021 election. There's no reason it can't affect the 2022 election. That was actually an analysis. New Yorkers, like there was a Siena poll, 80% of New Yorkers, 90%, 85%. They want to be safe. It's not about being Democrats or Republicans. It's about people want to feel safe taking the subway or or walking around the city. And we all endorse Mayor Adams in, in wanting that too. And Governor Patterson, you said, show me the data that the bail reform isn't contributing to the higher crime rate. And what happens? What happens? Well, I'm in the process of getting the data. You ain't going to get it, honey. No, (laughs) I'll get it by Monday. Believe me. Do you ever play roulette? Bet on black. Uh, you, you, yeah. <laughs> I, <would. laughs> I thought 
thought yesterday was Black <laughs> History Day. Do- I don't bet on double zero. I never bet on double zero. <laughs> all right. Let's be, let's be clear. Got Judge Weinberg, let's be clear. With all due respect to that staffer who spoke to you last night, Governor, there's a piece in the bail reform that specifically prohibits judges for people holding people in who are dangerous. We're the only state in the country that doesn't allow judges to have the discretion to hold people in now, who are dangerous. Is it three strikes and you're out or is it 14 strikes and you're and out? And also, let's be How can you put criminals back on the street again? And let's be clear. We're not saying it's all bail reform's fault. It's everything. It's a whole combination effect. They, so have, the, created, well, they that, have created a climate of lawlessness. Exactly. If you can shoplift, you can knife somebody. It's the DAs. It's the bail reform. It's everything. COVID also it's the economy, it's everything, and the bail reform is not helping. Okay, there's another bill that they could easily change. It wasn't part of bail reform. And That's the, the age to prosecute people. Raise the for, age, right. To, for uh, adult prosecution rather than putting it in family court. And Governor it used Patterson. To be, it used to be 16, now it's 18. Put it back to 16. Governor Patterson, you also said that. It's, it's just a piece of it. It's not the whole thing that bail reform. No. It, no, it, no it, but it, first of all, the judges not being able to look at a person's record – I mean, we we have people right now. And, and by the way, at, the people are laughing at us. Has twenty four indictments one, for, for for criminal, 40, yeah, dangerous criminal, uh, uh, and uh, judges are forced to let them out under this ridiculous law. And That's the great. other part of the law, where a woman gets raped or gets uh, mugged, right? And and we're, we're, you're supposed to turn over open the, file the discovery. Home, you the have home to give address of the woman exactly. to yes. the guy and yes. all the witnesses, and give and, and give and give the defendant the right with her attorney well, to, tell, to visit the premises. Tell so tell, tell those those people that want those kind of laws to drop dead because they're they're causing the death of so many people, and and, 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 and when they cause the death of so many people, they should be known as co-conspirators. Can we notarize that? Can he so, can he write so that? Governor a, Patterson, go ahead. <laughs> we got a minute left. Drop dead, tell right. them. <laughs> now, uh, what was interesting, one thing that did come up that I didn't actually know is that the, the uh, Asian woman who was thrown on the tracks and yes. killed a few Christina weeks ago, mm-hmm. that was the third crime that uh, this uh, offender had committed. Yeah. The other was when he hit someone who was walking into the tr- subway station. Broke now, he got out on bail. I did not know that that bail was set by a judge. It wasn't set. So what is the by, difference? What? What's no. the difference? In other words, that part of the problem is also the the judges who are making the decisions. Uh, wait, wait, listen. Now, I don't want to defend all judges, but number one, you have a large number of judges who are absolutely sick to death of this whole climate of lawlessness, and you have some judges standing up. The question is, when people vote for elected judges, number one, they have no idea who they're voting for. Number two, when you have appointing authorities like certain mayors who don't care about public safety and law and order, and they're not appointing the right judges, that's a problem, too. Guys, we're yeah, going to take a be. break. And it when would we, be. When we come back, we're going to have Larry Kudlow to tell us what the heck is the economy doing. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 